0: Greetings, Nathan here. Welcome to the first of our Sport Curses and Superstitions episodes, just in time for Halloween. I must inform you of an update about something that was discussed in our recent episode. The lettuce has won. The lettuce has won! Sure, it's a bit watermelony, but... It's won! All hail the lettuce! <laughs> Excuse me.
1: Buckle up, (laughs) buckaroos. This week on the Sportblucks. This week we look at the goat of curses with a curse of a goat. And a curse of three cows. That's right, Chloe, Kim and Kendall. It's the Kardashian curse and an Armenian legend. A legend that's definitely
0: true. It's 3.33 on Saturday, the 15th of October, 2022, which is kind of, it's like a mini devil, like 666.
1: He's <laughs> his slightly less evil younger yeah. Yeah. Young brother.
0: Yeah, did you ever see, that? Uh, was that McAuliffe program where you saw the devil go into a house that said 666 and then you saw a, a uh, what's the proper term, a little person dressed as a devil going into a house that said 333. Oh well,
1: I didn't know that was, uh, there you go.
0: Bit of a long bow, but because yeah. this is our Halloween episode, we thought we'd start with, it just so happened to be 3.33. And the only reason we timestamp is in case anything happens between now and when we release the episode. And you might go, why the hell didn't they talk about that? Well, it's because we've recorded this a little while ago. And it's 3.34. What is now? Yeah. Yes. Less less satanic. 3.34. Uh how you doing, mate? We've just had some great episodes with Woody and Robbie that, uh, well, by the time you listen to this, have already been released. So listen to the last couple of episodes.
1: I am great. I've got a footlong chicken sub in me, so I'm... Pulling, yes,
0: and <laughs> we've had lunch after talking to the boys. Nice and full and ready to go. Yes, indeed. So, we've teased this one for a while. We've talked about sport curses for a while. Here we are, and what better time than for around Halloween to release this episode. So that's exactly what we've done.
1: Ooh, spooky! <laughs> Yes, we uh, we definitely have to use as many of those ridiculous things as we can. Yes,
0: yes, we do. And obviously, as the recordings go on, we become a little bit more loose and a bit... uh, a bit silly, <laughs> uh Which is going to work in well here, because we're going to have a lot of fun at the end of the episode with this one, too. Now, first of all, what is a curse? So, it's been defined as a solemn utterance intended to invoke a supernatural power to inflict harm or punishment on someone or something. Hmm. You're a bit superstitious, aren't you, Stewie?
1: I'm incredibly superstitious. We talk about sport. I've mentioned this a number of times. I am superstitious to the point where if my team starts struggling, I will move positions on a couch. I will get up and walk around the room until such time that my team regains some semblance of control in a game. It's, uh, yeah, if, if, even if I'm uncomfortable, if I feel like my legs starting to cramp, if my team is taking wickets or kicking goals or whatever it happens to be. Shui now
0: has gangrene from that time when his leg was wet, but he didn't want to move because his team was winning. So it's made his life more difficult, but it, that's his commitment to the cause.
1: It'll teach me to watch sports semi-submerged.
0: Yes, indeed. Yeah, you've really got to stop. Mm. Yeah,
1: Semi-submerged kind of life.
0: <laughs> what did I say about being loose yeah. and delirious? Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. Anyway. So, there's a number of obvious reasons why I would start with this one, Stewie. Partly because we discussed it in episode 106, Great Sport Chokes 4. But there's also a natural segue. Because not only is our first curse about a goat, it may actually be the goat of sport curses.
1: Mm. Greatest of all time. Yes, for yes, those
0: that yeah. don't know the the acronym for, yeah.
1: As opposed to a bleating, screaming oh, very farm, nice. farm animals. Yes,
0: yes indeed. Yes, cloven hooved. Also something that... Uh, <laughs> Refers <laughs>
1: oh, <no. laughs> oh my god, great start.
0: So, our first curse, if you haven't worked it out already, is none other than the now Chicago Cubs, formerly Chicago White Stockings from 1876 to 89, Chicago Colts 1890 to 97, and this is the funniest Chicago Orphans 1898 to 1902. Mm. Yeah.
1: They were probably motherless drunk throughout most of that time, so maybe that's where the orphans yeah. came from. Just, it's, it's a there's weird some name.
0: weird baseball names. Yeah. We've talked about it before, obviously, but yeah.
1: The Chicago Cholera from 1913 19- <laughs> to 1923.
0: May as well. So the orphans were short-lived. They became the Cubs in 1902, and the precursor Chicago Cubs were actually very good. They were one of eight original Major League teams in 1876 and actually won six of the first 11 National League pennants, including the very first one in 1876
1: like the Boston Celtics, I guess, or maybe Minneapolis Lakers, I guess, if you're talking about the early, early... Those foundation,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were the first team to appear in three straight World Series, as well as the first to win back-to-back in 1907 and 1908. So things looking all right.
1: I wonder if those were one of those years where it was best of nine. Do you remember that from this week in sports I don't.
0: We'll go to the third umpire on that one.
1: We will. Well, I was slightly out. It was 1903, 1919, 1920, and 1921 that they did the best of nine, First one was on its own, and then there were three in a row. Oh. And then they just went, ah, eh, is too hard. Mm, there
0: you go. So by 1945, yes, admittedly, their last World Series championship was in 1908, as I mentioned, those two back to back. But by then, they had won two World Series and 16 National League titles with 51 winning seasons in 69. So basically, three quarters of their seasons were pretty good. Yeah? Very, very good. Yeah, things were going well. So after making their way to the World Series as favourites against the Detroit Tigers and being up two games to one, things were looking pretty good for World Series win number three. But everything changed when an eccentric bar owner wanted to sit with his goat to watch game four. Now, funnily enough, it was on October 6th, so the anniversary was fairly recent.
1: He couldn't get a date to the game, so he took his goat.
0: (laughs) Well, so this is interesting, Shuri. So the Billy Goat Tavern opened in 1934. William Billy Cianus paid $205 to buy the, the the bar back then. And how's this? The check initially bounced, but it was just after Prohibition had finished. So he made the $205 in one weekend and used that to pay the original owners. Oh dear. One weekend was enough to buy the whole thing. You would've thought they might've reconsidered the sale. They might've gone, "Oh, there's a bit of money in this now that Prohibition's gone. Yeah, true. Very weird. Anyway, so yes, his name was William, but it was in part Billy, obviously, but it was also in part named after this goat. Now, this goat was called Murphy, who is said to have fallen off a truck and wandered into the bar at the time, which was then known as the Lincoln Tavern. Ever had a goat wander into your work?
1: Oh, when, the, when I had that tavern back in 1905, <laughs> yeah, it happened all the time. But just just that. The, the early, no, honestly, in all my time living in Perth, I reckon I've maybe seen a handful of goats ever.
0: Mm, they must have been very small.
1: Yes, a very, well, no, very, big, very hand. big hand. Yeah, yeah. yeah just it's quite a way
0: Ah, very good. Yeah. yeah, well, I'm surprised it didn't fit more then. Yeah. Anyway, so there's a couple of stories here. Some say that he just paraded the goat around the ground pre-match, but he wasn't allowed to then leave it in the field. Others say that he actually bought two tickets, one for him and one for the goat. So Murphy was wearing a sign that said, we got Detroit's goat. One of those old timey phrases, like, you've really got my goat. In fact, we use it occasionally, but that's because we're ironic, I guess. You
1: so. bet you're
0: a bippy. Yes, exactly. Yes. A young whippersnapper. So it's, it's a bit unclear. But anyway, he got kicked out because the goat smelled. So the owner basically said, get your stinking goat out of here, Billy. We don't want it.
1: What do you reckon the general overall odour levels of people back in that time would have been? I mean, I can't imagine everybody would have been walking around with Chanel or David Beckham's eau de parfum or <laughs> anything fancy like that. Or well, the
0: VB. Have you seen <laughs> there's a VB oh, perfume at Chemist
1: Warehouse? <laughs> yeah, here it is. <laughs> 20 bucks. The VB thirst.
0: Oh, yeah. For trash blokes. Yeah, why? Anyway, so he's kicked out because the goat smelled. So he then placed a curse on the team. Now, as we've talked about, a number of times here and there in Sports Chokes 4, but I think we might have talked about it in This Week in History at one point in, or another as well. Have we? I oh, don't know. Sure. One, Maybe. One. I don't know. It's like, what, episode 124 yeah. now or whatever we'll, it is. It's just, been a while. We'll go with it's it. It's been yeah. a couple of years. Anyway, so he said, them Cubs, they aren't going to win no more. The Cubs are never going to win no World Series so long as this goat isn't allowed into Wrigley Field.
1: Mm, I love, love the phrase, ain't gonna win no more. You can sort of see him walking out with one of those jugs with the X's on it.
0: Oh, yeah, the jug dance. Yeah. Yes. And look, there, there's some difference in how that quote went, but that's the general gist of it.
1: So what's really interesting, Stewie, is where the games were played. So obviously going back then, they didn't really have the same sort of levels of travel that we have nowadays, getting on a plane to travel, even from just Detroit to Chicago. Yeah,
0: call the Wright brothers to charter a jet. To yeah, it wasn't
1: quite as easy as it is nowadays. I probably didn't want to be spending all this time on trains and buses. So they actually had the first three games in Detroit and the last four games were all in Chicago. Now, Chicago had actually won two of the first three in Detroit. So all they needed to do was basically win two of the four games at home. Yeah, that's what makes it so crazy. And they lost three of four. Yeah. So
0: after losing game seven, Sianna supposedly wrote a telegram to team owner Wrigley saying, who stinks now?
1: Still the GOAT, but
0: yeah. also Chicago. Well, won. and the team. Yeah. So how's this? There's a lot of people that think the curse was legit because the following 71 seasons were mostly pretty dire for the Cubs, with occasional success surrounding several losing seasons. And as we talked about in that Sport Chokes episode, they're actually known as or affectionately known as the lovable losers. So in the 20 remaining years of Ciana's life, they finished fifth or lower, keeping in mind previously three quarters of their seasons had been winning ones. Pretty
1: big fall from grace. It
0: really is. So Sianus actually tried to lift the curse the year before his death in 1969 when the Cubs were fancied but lost to the New York Mets, who were affectionately known as the Miracle Mets. No,
1: they're not. They're affectionately known as the Nye Mets. <laughs> no, your favourite squad. They're our favourite squadron.
0: <laughs> that particular team was known as the Miracle Mets. Not every season true. they're known as the Miracle Mets. true, true. So the Nye Miracle Mets, perhaps. Um, but as we discussed in episode 106... They were considered lovable losers, but for the occasional good seasons in 1984, 89, 94, 98, and 2003, which was successful but did not end in World Series glory. And indeed, in some of those years, even in the good years, weird shit happened that made people go, okay, yeah, we finally had a good season, but the curse is still very much in play.
1: Now, this isn't so much a Chicago Cubs sort of thing, but there is a connection, you were telling me. Yeah. So, 1986 in the World Series, Bill Buckner playing for Boston – had probably the most famous error of all time. A very routine ball, hit down the line to first base and he somehow lets it go through his legs and they go on and lose the game.
0: And from memory, it actually replicates a similar play to a Cubs player a decade or so earlier. So I remember on the documentary Catching Hell and I won't go through it a hell of a lot again because I did use it a lot in that Sport Chokes 4 episode. But fans realised that Bill Buckner was actually wearing a Chicago Cubs glove under his mitt because he used to play for the Cubs. So even the Cubs curse affected the Boston team. And we've, there's a Red Sox curse too that we'll talk about another time. But isn't that funny how those curses seem to connect a little bit too?
1: Well, I think I've actually found the one you're referring to. It's from 1984. A guy named Leon Durham. So no,
0: it is that one. So, okay, it's not a decade before you. So yeah. it was
1: the, the fifth and final game of the NL playoffs in San Diego. And yeah, a, a ground has just gone straight through his legs in the seventh inning, allowed the time run to score and basically killed off another season for the Cubs. Yep. People
0: really have bought into this curse and did buy into this curse for so many years. And it, it was almost just considered to be just a matter of fact. So it's really interesting watching that catching hell when, when the Bartman incident occurs. One guy I remember on his footage that he'd recorded at the game with his mates has said, oh, you know why this has happened, don't you? And straight away, the guy goes, the goat, the goat. And at that point, he didn't realise the Bartman thing had happened. But see, people's minds in Chicago would always go back to the goat. There were actually several instances where they tried to reverse the curse. In 1973, William Sianis's nephew and the new tavern owner, I guess he inherited her, Sam, Bought Socrates, which was the name of a goat who was a direct descendant of Murphy the goat, right? <laughs> he brought Socrates to the field in a white limo to lift the curse, but they never gave the goat a seat or a place to stand during the game. So people were saying, well, you haven't reversed the curse. You've just ingrained it because the same things happened apart from the stinky being kicked out.
1: When will people start giving goats the respect they deserve? I know. First-class seating. Yeah. it's all our
0: Absolutely. Cloven hooves. Mad. <laughs> Madness. In 1984, the Chicago Tribune brought a goat to the stadium on opening day to try and lift the curse. They won on opening day and had a pretty good season, but blew the National League Championship game after winning the first two games, but failing to take one of the next three games.
1: In the series I was just talking
0: about. Exactly. In game five, the Cubs were leading 3-2 in the seventh, needing only eight outs to win to make the World Series, but a routine ground ball went through. Leon Durham's legs. In 1989, they brought another goat on opening day and won and had a good season again, but it wasn't brought to a post-season game and the Cubs lost to the Giants 4-1. In 2004, they blew up the Bartman ball at Harry Carey's restaurant. I mentioned that one on that uh, Sport Chokes episode four.
1: That would have been a really fun event to be at, even though most of the, the fans probably were just like, this ain't going to do anything, but it's fun to blow Yeah, up. It,
0: it's pretty cool. Like they bought the ball for 10 grand or they bought, yeah, I can't remember how much it was. But, and again, the fact that Bartman made nothing off that whole thing and some other bloke made all this money it's is disgraceful. It is pretty disgraceful. In 2008, a Greek Orthodox priest blessed Wrigley Field with holy water. Didn't seem to do much.
1: I mean, this is the thing: God doesn't have a favorite side, and if he does, it'd be the Anaheim Angels.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Ironically, his uh, hockey team is the New Jersey Devils. Ah, uh, right. It's just for irony. I mean, he's
1: got to have one yeah, for yeah, the other yeah, side, Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, in 2011, a group called Reverse the Curse sent goats to poverty-stricken countries to provide milk, cheese, and other things. So that was nice. Hmm. Didn't do much.
1: Yes, that brought to an end to the 97 year Casablanca Cubs curse.
0: <laughs> they, they reversed the wrong curse. Didn't they, they
1: did. They did.
0: In 2012, a group called Crack the Curse started a pilgrimage with a goat walking from training camp in Arizona to Wrigley Field. Again, did good things, raised $100,000 for cancer research, but
1: didn't break the curse. And it also sent the wrong message, and a lot of people got addicted to crack.
0: <laughs> Took me a while to work that out there. That's yeah. the crack. And then in 2013, apparently a severed goat's head was delivered to the Cubs, addressed to the owner. not sure that's... Was that an attempt to reverse the curse or to... I
1: don't see how that's going to
0: help. I don't know what's going on there. And apparently there was also another one. I haven't written it in my notes here, but I did hear it on a couple of podcasts listening while I was doing research this week. These blokes, like a couple of them, including Kobayashi, I think, from the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Competition, ate an entire goat at like a taco restaurant.
1: What, hooves and all?
0: Well, no, uh, maybe not. Cleveland maybe hooves not all, the- I
1: should say. <laughs> Probably not the whole thing.
0: Oh, anyway, so they finally won on October 22nd, 2016. So again, near the anniversary now. Coming back from down 3-1 against the Cleveland then Indians. Now, of course, the...
1: Cleveland baseball team?
0: No, they're the... Uh, oh, they should be the Spiders, as Mike Wilbon always says. Cleveland- well, the Guardians, Cleveland-, Cleveland Guardians. Cleveland Commanders? Ending... <laughs> <laughs> Ending the longest drought in baseball history. So why was the 22nd of October of interest this time? It was the 46th year anniversary of Billy. Billy Sianus, the owner of the GOAT's death.
1: Just crazy. It's crazy how the world works, isn't it?
0: Now, the other interesting thing is that 43 former Cubs won the World Series after being traded from the Cubs. I heard that on the podcast 1001 Heroes, Legends, Histories and Mysteries. Check that one out.
1: I believe it's pronounced 10-hundred-and-one.
0: We really are at the end, don't we? We really are. And the Billy Goat Tavern still exists, albeit having moved locations, I think, to Wrigley Field now, because originally their home field was now where the Chicago Centre is, where the basketballs played.
1: There you
0: go. So yeah, so there you go. Our first curse, the curse of the Billy Goat, took 108 years to break. Stamped out. Man. So it's true, I guess we have been rating the sport chokes, so maybe we should rate the curses as well. What, I mean... I did call it the Goat of Curses, so it's hard to see this being anything other than a 10, isn't
1: it? Yes, but it's an 11.
0: Oh, Spinal Tap. Spinal Tap. Goes to 11. All the
1: way to 11, this one.
0: Well, I think you can make a case.
1: Look, I mean, when you consider the very small percentage of people that have ever even lived to 108 years, the fact that this curse has gone for that long...
0: Multiple generations wouldn't have seen their team win. Yeah. That's how crazy it was.
1: And then all the different things that you listed that happened along the way. I mean, it's... Yeah, it is... The Goat of Curses for a reason. Indeed it's it not is. not strong.
0: Indeed. So, yes, there are tons of really interesting sport curses, and we will cover several over the journey, but we thought we'd have a bit of fun with the next one. Next we have... Oh, God.
1: <laughs> I just don't like giving them attention because they're just shit. <laughs> the Kardashian curse. The Kardashian
0: curse. Curse spelt with a K on this one. Not,
1: now, on, your, not on your screen as well.
0: No, well, no, but take people behind the curtains, should we? how dare you you've cursed me (laughs) i curse you i've cursed you (laughs) now there is a sport connection of course from the outset because arguably some of what led to the kardashian ladies fame began with their dad robert kardashian being a part of the representation and indeed he was a friend of oj simpson in the famous murder trial now there's actually a school of thought that oj is actually chloe's real dad too now, we won't wade too far into the reads on that one, but... Uh, uh,
1: long stride forward, let that one go through it, to the keeper. Yeah, she touching
0: it. does look a bit different to Kim and Courtney, though. So I can see why people have speculated C- that.
1: Because she's the ugly one.
0: Anyway, putting the murders aside, Orenthal James Simpson, of course, is one of the greatest running backs in American football history. He was a member of the College and Pro Football Hall of Fame. Heisman Trophy for Best College Player in 1968, the year after the USC Trojans won the National Championship, of course, as well. He was the NFL MVP in 1973, five-time pro baller, four-times rushing yards leader, including the first player to rush for more than 2,000 yards in a season, which was in 1973, keeping in mind, of course, that they played three fewer games per regular season then than they do nowadays.
1: So what you're trying to say is he was a decent player.
0: He was very good, Just, yes.
1: a, just a shit human being, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> he was two-time rushing TDs leader in the NFL in the 1970s as well as the 1970s all-decade team. 75th 100-year anniversary all-team. The list goes on and on. He was a very good player.
1: And relatively handy with a knife. <laughs> oh, jeez.
0: Anyway, as far as the curse is concerned, stupidly, I've always thought that this was just to do with sport. Like, okay, it makes sense because we're sports fans. I've only ever looked at this in terms of sport but when you look at some of the other guys, like Pete Davidson, Tiger, the, going all the way back to the sex tape guy, what was it? Ray J. Chill off. Some of these blokes, their lives have changed after they've been with these Kardashian ladies or the Jenners as well. We've got to include them a little bit as well. Yeah. So obviously they factor in. So yeah, when you think about those, their lives have often taken interesting turns. As I mentioned, it does involve the Jenners as well, which includes Kylie and Kendall. We also have to talk about the other sport connection here at the outset. It's impossible not to also mention Kendall and Kylie's biological father, then Bruce, now Caitlyn Jenner.
1: And if you go back to the 1976 Olympic Games in Montreal, he was the decathlete gold medalist. So pretty handy athlete in his own right.
0: Yeah, well, he set three successive world records as well. So yeah, winning the decathlon is it's really impressive. And he was one of the... Kind of really famous sports people in America in the mid 70s and early 80s. So absolutely. And it would be easy for people under 40 to see Bruce Jenner as anything other than a meek, subservient goofball on the outskirts of the Kardashian-Jenner empire, who then transitioned and became, Caitlin, a wannabe Republican candidate for the Californian gubernatorial race.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Gubernatorial
0: gubernatorial that's what they're called yeah it <laughs> just sounds I funny. know it's is weird it isn't sounds it so fake. I, yeah. I love it yeah with a b gubernatorial with a b but mm. it's governor with a v
1: I'm the gubernator
0: yeah I know anyway yeah but so it's not an over exaggeration to say that Bruce Jenner was a true sporting legend so there's sports connections everywhere
1: well there's more connections we're going to talk about in a minute <laughs> so we'll start with the sex tape then
0: <laughs> well yeah I mean that many say that that's what kicked off The whole empire was the sex tape but we might have some evidence to disprove that at the end or to say it was something else but first let's do a tale of the tape on the relationships shall we so it's crazy isn't it shui we've compiled a bit of a list for kim chloe kendall kylie's kind of avoided the sports people she tends to be into the rappers more instead and stuff
1: fair enough yeah can't blame her i guess (laughs) she's probably ruined half of their careers as well but anyway so i guess Should we break them down by person? Yeah,
0: I think so. Let's go by person. So, Chloe's been the most prolific, hasn't she?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, if you look at NBA players alone, you've got Lamar Odom, Tristan Thompson, Rashad McCants, Rick Fox, who was thankfully retired, so he kind of avoided all of that.
0: Yeah, but maybe his uh, movie career didn't go as well after that. Very true. We might need to think about that. Very
1: true. Yeah. And then also James Harden, the bearded one. She also dated Matt Kemp from the LA Dodgers, Derek Ward, who... Played with multiple NFL teams. Yeah,
0: running back, a bit of a bit of a backup kind of player. Yeah,
1: and then you got Odell Beckham Jr. as well, who who is
0: a much better player. But well, as we'll tell you, things did change. They did. So where do we where do we start? Do we should we go chronologically, or should we go as far as impact is concerned?
1: Oh, look, I mean, they're all impactful, so
0: they are, aren't they?
1: We'll go we'll go chronologically.
0: So Mushad McCants went out with Chloe in two thousand and nine.
1: Correct. Some
0: may forget that he was actually touted nearly as highly as LeBron. I remember Dick Vitale talking about how LeBron and McCants were 1-1-A. and 1A, But geez, his NBA career was pretty poor, wasn't it? It's got to be said.
1: Well, it was. I mean, he only lasted four seasons in the league. There's a, a school of thought that, that sort of says that his entire career was ruined by going out with her. I mean, if we look at the numbers, they weren't too bad. I mean, he's got career averages of 10 points, two rebounds, and 1.3 assists. They don't exactly set the world on fire. But he was just one of those guys that, I don't know, just there was something about him that just wasn't right. He never really seemed to fit in. Didn't shoot the ball particularly well from two. He was was a good three-point shooter, but just never really stuck. Well, he didn't live
0: up to his potential, did he? I mean, he played in those North Carolina teams, was pretty highly touted and... Gee, that's a pretty short career for a bloke that many thought was one of the best in the nation as a young'un.
1: Especially when you consider that the year before he retired, he averaged basically 15 points a game. He was shooting the ball at a 40% clip from outside. So this was like 2007, 2008. And then all of a sudden, the very next year, he finishes up in Sacramento and he's out of the league. So 2009
0: was Lamar Odom, and she actually married him after less than a month, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. But I believe it must have been prior to that that was Derek Ward. And... Well, he didn't really do much at all, did he?
1: No, same sort of idea as Rashad McCants. He came out of college, I guess, with ideas of what his career was going to look like. And I think from memory here, he only lasted about four or five seasons in the NFL as well. So yeah, another guy who <laughs> seemingly was struck down by the curse.
0: Now, we've had a bit of fun with this one, but the Lamar Odom story is it's actually pretty sad, isn't it? 2009, he started going out with Chloe and... It didn't go well for him, did it?
1: Well, it didn't. And this is a guy that was a very, very key piece. You know, the sixth man of the year. Massive cog when it came to those Lakers championship teams in those late 2000s.
0: Oh, and he was good on those Miami teams. Prior to that, he played for the Clippers as well. He was decent for the Clippers at times. Out of Rhode Island, if I'm not mistaken. I was a big fan of him. I read him in the early days, actually.
1: Yeah, he's a bloody good player. One of those guys... Six foot, what, ten? Nine or ten, nine yeah. Six, ten. Yeah. yeah. Really, really nice sort of guy, really versatile, could move the ball around, good passer, could shoot the ball. And, yeah, then it just all kind of fell apart a little bit. You know, he goes from being sort of this, yeah, this this really top-level, almost an all-star caliber player.
0: He might have even made an all-star or two, did he?
1: Uh, no, he didn't get okay. there. Didn't okay. get there, but he, he was a bloody good player, though. Yeah. And then a year and a half later, basically, he's playing with Dallas, barely getting on the court. It's a guy that was playing 30, 35 minutes. There was one season he played over 40 minutes a game with the Lakers. And then you look down at the Dallas time and it's like 20 and a half, 19 minutes. Oh, yeah, it
0: turns south real quick.
1: Six-point-a-game sort of guy. Yeah. And he, was, and he was out the league basically two years later.
0: Yep. So what gets worse is that he almost died in a brothel after going on a bit of a bender, and I believe he had a couple of heart attacks. He'd been doing crack or he'd been doing coke or something. And, yeah, pretty sad.
1: It, it, it was. It was. And honestly, it's a borderline a miracle that he got through it.
0: Ironically, he had a fragrance with Chloe called Unbreakable. Oh. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's that's unfortunate.
0: Yes, it is. It is.
1: Does it smell like that goat from The Last Curse?
0: (laughs) May as well have. Who else have we got with Chloe?
1: Oh, God. Where does it stop?
0: Tristan Thompson is the next big one, isn't it? That's a really interesting one. I'd
1: say Matt Kemp. Matt Kemp was still a... He was still a pretty bloody good player in 2013. So...
0: Oh yeah, okay, yeah, the baseballer, yeah, yeah. So,
1: so she's rebounded fairly well, you know, from from Odom to another big name player in LA. And Matt Kemp was a guy who was yeah, playing consistently, pretty much every single game for the Dodgers. Pretty much the year that he gets together with her, he ends up only playing seventy three of the one hundred and sixty two games. His home runs dropped down from twenty three to six, and then went straight back up to twenty five the year after. When he broke he, up, when with he it. up with her, yeah. So and
0: who did she move on to? But James Harden. And basically, his worst season as a Rocket was the year he was with Chloe. He's actually reportedly called it the worst year of his life. I believe they finished 41 and 41 or something, or 42 and 40, or they were very close to 500 and they were the eighth seed and, and lost to the Golden State Warriors in the first round.
1: Yeah, that's right. So 41 and 41, which is not a great record for a team of that sort of caliber. You know, you're talking about a team that had Dwight Howard, had Trevor Ariza probably at the peak of his powers. Pat Beverly, who was still fairly young, Ty Lawson, you know, it's like, okay, yes, it's not a number one seed, but no. And it's not like Harden's numbers were terrible. I mean, he averaged 29, 7.5, and, and 6. So we're talking about still some very, very good quality numbers, but as you say, not a very great record for the team. He often appeared disinterested, a little bit bit sad which is understandable, I guess.
0: Yeah, and stop playing defense. Oh, no, no, he never played yeah, defense.
1: No, he, he really didn't.
0: I've got a note here that says PR went from 15.9 to 10.9. I think that's James Harden. So I could be Lamar, actually. It's not very good note-taking on my part. Maybe I'm cursed. But yeah, he reportedly caught it the worst year of his life. So then we had a couple in 2016. I'm not sure what happened first. Maybe Odell Beckham Jr. Because she was with, she had a kid with Tristan Thompson. Maybe multiple kids, actually, with Tristan Thompson. Mm. So Odell Beckham Jr., that's an interesting one, isn't it? Because he was, well, he was considered one of, if not the best wide receiver in the league in the mid-2010s there. And it all went downhill pretty quick.
1: Well, I mean, he was a three-time Pro Bowler in the three seasons before he started going out with her. He hasn't been to a Pro Bowl since. Yes. So if you look at the touchdowns, the three years before, Chloe, it was 12, 13, and 10. Since then, three, six, four, three, and 5.
0: Yep, so that's pretty much half the amount of touchdowns in two more years.
1: And then on top of that, he had obviously that really horrible injury in the Super Bowl last year. Yes, well. that's
0: right. So he's not on the team at the moment. So his career is probably on life support. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. And then Tristan Thompson was the big one too. Now he's been a bit up and down, but ironically, some of his best periods in the kind of on and on again, off again relationship with Chloe has been when he's been off.
1: Well, during the cheating scandals, basically, there was one, I think it was a game seven against Indiana where he'd been playing like crap. And then all of a sudden he gets caught cheating. And in game seven, he comes out and has 15 points, 10 boards and a bunch of blocks. People are all saying he's playing like a guy who doesn't want to go home.
0: Yes. And didn't you say the girl he was with was actually sitting courtside or something?
1: That's that's speculation.
0: I think that's an urban legend. (laughs) uh,
1: Yeah. It'd be pretty funny if that was the case, but his numbers, I mean, before her, he was a 10, 12 point a game sort of guy. Double, double guy. Yeah. Double double guy basically. And then straight away, he drops down to six and six. Yep. And so it's pretty clear to see all of these guys had some kind of an impact. The only one who didn't, as we said at the start, in terms of their actual playing career was Rick Fox.
0: Yes, because she got together with him after the playing.
1: Yeah, but yeah. I believe he probably had some kind of gastro or something.
0: I <laughs> like know. I said, I don't know what he's done since in the movie world because he was doing a lot for a while there, but movie and TV, but...
1: I mean, he was in Eddie, so I don't know if we should get ahead of ourselves. Oh,
0: well, you know, that's... Uh...
1: <laughs> yeah, not a uh, not a, a great list, unfortunately. So next we have...
0: Well, probably, I guess we'll go in order of... of... The most prolific so i think we've got to go to kendall jenner then don't we even though it's the kardashian curse yeah so she's got not only she she's got more than a starting five worth of blokes that she's dated so albeit small ball
1: good starting
0: yeah it's small ball though so what blake griffin at at power forward
1: griffin at griffin at center at
0: center rather simmons Simmons at power forward
1: You could probably run
0: Chandler Chandler Parsons or Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma Kuzma at small forward, yeah.
1: And then you've got a backcourt of, say, D'Angelo Russell and Devin Booker. Yeah. And then Jordan Clarkson coming off the bench with Chandler Parsons. That's a pretty decent team.
0: It is. It is. And aren't there like T-shirts of of Kendall's five or whatever? Yeah. Have you noticed that? She
1: actually made a joke about it because someone was talking about it on Twitter and she clapped back and said, that's a playoff team.
0: Yeah, yeah, well so, Well, yeah. it's
1: kind of owning it, but kind of not at the same time
0: <laughs> Well, apparently they have talked Apparently there's an episode of Keeping Up With The Kardashians Known as the Kardashian Curse So they actually address it Some of them think it's just the blokes that can't live with their fame And the blokes are the soft ones Do
1: you think the number of guys that she's gone through And how quickly she recycles them Do you think that's why they called it Keeping Up With The Kardashians?
0: <laughs> Maybe, Maybe. I, I
1: wonder if that's it
0: anyway so yeah let's look at these guys obviously I guess Booker's done the best but he did shit the bed in the in the playoffs last season didn't he when Dallas beat the Phoenix Suns in seven and they they were shit in game seven yep
1: they lost the finals as well the previous season
0: yep and he bitched at the Toronto Raptors mascot for putting him off when he was shooting free I'm so off Devin Booker it's not funny have you seen those faces he pulls like every time a guy even breathes on him
1: yeah, he's Kobe Bryant. Oh, he
0: really, yeah. He's basically modelled, yeah, the bad parts of Kobe's case. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but he's probably got out of it the best. Blake
1: Griffin. Went from an All-NBA player to basically forgotten player. Yep. So that, that was pretty much around the time that he got traded to Detroit. And yep. then it all kind of went downhill from there where they started getting rid of him and trying to make way for Jeremy Grant. So a bit of a uh, kick in the teeth for a guy who was, yeah, as I say, an All-NBA player a number of years.
0: You can make arguments that Jordan Clarkson, D'Angelo Russell... Well, actually, and Ben Simmons and Kyle Kuzma haven't lived up to their potential. We'll move on to Simmons and Kuzma in a sec. But Clarkson and Russell, yeah, they've done a bit. But, yeah, I mean, know.
1: D'Lo, I guess, had that really bright start with the Lakers and then kind of got derailed by him calling out that teammate that was... It
0: was Swaggy P, wasn't it? It was Faggy right, P, it wasn't it? Was, yeah, yeah.
1: It was uh, but then, yeah, I mean, look, he's sort of been the guy. I mean, if if you look at the Warriors last season... Obviously, Steph Curry won MVP in the finals, but who was arguably the most important player?
0: Well, you could say Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins? Yeah, yeah.
1: And he's the guy that got traded for D'Lo.
0: Yeah, yeah, true. So you're right, you're right. The,
1: the curse is that if D'Lo had been better, he could have been on a championship team. And instead, he goes to frigging Minnesota.
0: Yes. Christ. Yes.
1: That's a curse.
0: <laughs> and then Ben Simmons. Well, we all know about Ben Simmons, don't we? Apparently, Philly fans started a petition to ban Kendall Jenner from all of their games when she was going out with Ben Simmons.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I just—I mean, I don't know if that's legal necessarily, unless she's done something wrong. No, I think it's but, a frivolous uh,
0: petition. I don't think it's one they would actually do anything with. But
1: but this is it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we all know about the playoff issues. The Atlanta, him not shooting the ball against Atlanta, then missing an entire year. I mean, this is a guy who had the entire world at his feet. Pretty much should have been dominating in the playoffs with Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, all of these guys that have come through. And Jimmy
0: Butler for a break. Jimmy time.
1: Butler, Taurus Maxey. Yep. And yeah. Now, I mean, there was a video, did you see that video? Yeah, like,
0: where he shoot, where he shoots that three and shoot, he like... was
1: not even a three, it was like a 15-foot jump shot and missed the, the hoop by about a foot and a half.
0: Yeah, yeah. Although, from that video, what was interesting is that Kyrie wasn't wearing his jersey and the rest of them were wearing their jerseys and I'm like, yeah, that's ironic. Mm. Seeing as he got only put on his jersey for half the I season. He
1: should have been in street clothes. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, basically. But yeah, yeah,
1: not not the same player he should have been.
0: I'm still hopeful he can turn it around, but he's been caught in the crosshairs, hasn't he? Cause mm-hmm. Yeah, Kuz not too bad. His career's pretty uh, young. A
1: championship in LA to Washington.
0: Yeah, true, true. I mean, that's... Washington, where careers go to die. Big difference. Yes, yes.
1: And I guess the last guy that we can talk about is Chandler Parsons. I mean, he was a guy who was a really important part of some of those Houston Rockets teams. Went across to Memphis, was meant to be this... He signed
0: a huge contract. Yeah. Huge, huge- contract. And he had a good college career he was an up and comer yeah
1: yeah those those florida teams were really fun
0: i mean he averaged like 17 5 and 5 in that ballpark i think prior so he he got the contract for a reason yeah but
1: yeah. then all of a sudden he goes to memphis and it's like 8 and 2 yeah 8 points a game 2 rebounds and he's out of the league not too long after that so again another one that got absolutely destroyed just from being part of kendall jenner's life
0: indeed and then finally, Kim. Now, there are a few less players, but there's still pretty big impacts, weren't there? So it started with Reggie Bush, I believe. She was with him, g 20 years ago, actually, wasn't it? So he had a really good college career. He won the Heisman, had number two pick overall in the draft. So he, he came in touted as a pretty potentially special player. I was surprised to hear, weren't you saying that he was in the... New Orleans Saints Paul Ring of fan, Honor or something yeah, yeah which is a bit of a surprise I gotta say
1: I mean the guy played 136 games total in about 10 years so.
0: yeah so it's, it's, it's like, okay but for the number 2 pick in the draft you'd probably hope for a bit more production I would have thought
1: and it was highlighted by his final season in Buffalo with a negative 3 rushing yards yes <laughs>
0: What a way yeah, to finish.
1: That was a that was an extended version of the curse, that one.
0: Yes. And then Miles Austin was the other one. Again, was pretty highly touted player for the Dallas Cowboys, but disappeared just as quickly as he arrived on the scene, it feels like. I mean, a bit of a flash in the pan, really. And again, was he cursed by the Kardashian curse? And then finally, I'll throw to you on the basketball one, Stewie. This one's... What a shit show this was. As yeah, well, eh? the,
1: the old Chris Humphreys saga, which... You know, she comes into his life, he's a guy averaging nearly 14 points, 11 rebounds a game, 2011-12. to 12.
0: That's very handy numbers, double-double. Very handy. Throwing he was, it down for the New Jersey Nets at the time. Yep,
1: he was an elite rebounder, definitely a guy that was, was very useful on that team. He marries Kim, they get divorced 72 days later, and all of a sudden he's the most hated guy in the league. Yeah. Because everyone sided with this chick.
0: Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Well, but also, I I don't think it's because they sided with these people. It's because the distractions, the the GMs and the owners don't want the distractions. And so going back to the Rashad McCants, he he believes that going out with Chloe ruined his career. And I think Chris Humphreys believes a similar thing, that going out or marrying Kim kind of ruined his career because he became damaged goods after that. And there was the sideshow.
1: And then the following year after the divorce, he gets a limited role with Brooklyn. They cut his minutes back. And he goes from averaging, as I said, 13.8 and 11 to 5.8 and 5.6. So less than half of what his production was the previous year.
0: So how much credence do we put in this curse, Joey? There's uh, there's quite a long list there of players that seem to have Bad turns for the Oh, there was Cristiano Ronaldo too, but apparently it was a very brief fling. Maybe they weren't together long enough for his career to be ruined for when he was with Kim.
1: He probably missed a penalty or something after that. But, <laughs> but, I mean, if you look at the numbers, that's 12 NBA players who have had their careers impacted in some way, shape, or form by by being involved with them. There's, what, three NFL players. There's a baseball player. That's a lot of people for three people. <laughs> like, these three girls have ruined all of those careers. I'm, I'm just calling it right now. Well,
0: Stewie, it goes deeper than we thought. Now, in doing my research for this, and look, I've got to admit, I've listened and watched more stuff on the Kardashians in the last week than I'd care to admit, but I found this thing. So it's story time, Stewie.
1: No, 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 no. It's not a nursery rhyme. (laughs) Okay. what we're trying to say is it's a spooky story.
0: And here we go. In 1809, a dark haired woman strode through the deep forests of Armenia. The rain lashed down through the trees, the water making her robes heavy and thick. But she was determined. The young woman was Kekul Kardashian, the great, 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 great grandmother of Kim, Courtney, and Co. She was beautiful, but her life was hard. At 19 years of age, she had just had her first child.
1: And her first sex type.
0: <laughs> Intent on forging a better future for her offspring, Kickle sought out the witch clan of the Shikagog Woods. The witch clan possessed powerful magic. So powerful it was spelt with a K. Ah. <laughs> if in brackets, <laughs> sick.
1: Dark <laughs> sick with a K as well.
0: <laughs> Dark spells and ancient curses that had made them enemies of the Armenian state. Now deep in the dark woods, they practiced their arts away from the prying eyes of an increasingly modern and intolerant society. Keckle walked for days, her dark eyes fixed to the rough and ancient trails of the vanished woodland tribes.
1: Follow your heart,
0: they had told her,
1: and you will find the clan.
0: But be careful, they had said,
1: for the witches will demand much of you, much more than you can imagine.
0: Finally, Keckle came upon a clearing. Gnarled trees rose up from the earth like tortured hands. Beyond the rough clearing, beyond the dark earth, the mouth of the cave gaped like the throat of a beast. Within, faint traces of flame cast shadows in the depths, grossly tremors of light and movement.
1: Witches!
0: Fekel cried. Hear me! Her words echoed back from the cave, unnatural and stripped of all humanity.
1: I come seeking a better future for my kin. I offer you all that you wish to take. I offer you my soul. That's how 19-year-olds sound by the way back in Armenia. Oh, yeah, Ma, in yeah, in
0: Armenia, yeah.
1: Soul soul, soul. Soul, soul! soul!
0: The word echoed back, each repetition louder than the first.
1: She had a little bit of a, a stutter.
0: <laughs> Movement solid from within, cloaked and hooded figures began to emerge. They moved like flowing mud connected to the ground, to the soul of the ancient earth. Soul music? <laughs> said the first, a woman's voice, but something more, something stronger. Four witches now stood in the clearing, eyes fixed upon Kekul from beneath their tattered hoods. Soul? You have a soul?
1: A soul to give? I have a strong heart, but my life is troubled, said Kekul. No matter how hard I try, I cannot make my way in this world. I ask nothing for myself, but I ask you to give fame, fortune, and physical beauty and a sex tape to my offspring... (sighs) And to future generations of Kardashians, make the Kardashians famous and fucking annoying to everyone involved. I mean, and free them from my toil.
0: The second witch now spoke.
1: Fame, fortune, and physical beauty—you ask no more. It's hard to keep up with all the different voices. Keeping up with the Kardashians. Yeah, keeping up with the the (laughs) witches. Nothing more, wise witches. Nothing more. And so it shall be. But first you must do the dance of Shikagog. The other witches
0: cried with glee.
1: She shall do the dance! You can dance! You can can dance dance if you want
0: to. You can leave the kekles behind.
1: Dance of (laughs) Shikagog!
0: Kekle stepped closer. (laughs) Tell me this is nearly done. I think so.
1: I shall do the dance. Tell me how. Look at my pants.
0: And so it was that Kekul Kardashian submitted to the dance of Shigagog, an ancient dance that the witches enjoyed more than any other. They ordered Kekul to disrobe, to stand naked in, oh this sounded like a sex tape.
1: And so Ray J appears.
0: <laughs> to disrobe to stand naked in front of them, and so she did. She stood in all her perfection upon the dark earth of the clearing, and the rain began to fall upon her perfectly formed breasts, her smooth thighs, her raven hair, the cleft of her exquisitely formed buttocks. This is getting a bit-
1: Formed old. in a plastic surgery place in, <laughs> in, in, in Beverly Hills, let's be honest. But. Uh,
0: those buttocks then broke the internet. Yes. The witches then adorned her in preparation for the dance. They placed a hedgehog upon her head. They hung a leopard's tail from her buttocks. Clench! They cried. Clench! They affixed the tiny beaks of two snowcocks to her protruding nipples. Her feet were placed inside the severed paws of a
1: giant bear. This does sound like the same it's stage. getting. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. She's seen several snowcocks in her life. Now dance! They cried. Dance the dance of Chicagog.
0: Kekul was a terrible dancer, but she tried. Oh, how she tried. The witches were happy and they began to sing amidst bouts of hysterical laughter.
1: She dances, she dances, the dance of Shikagog. What a fool she looks, what a tit, what a pair of tits. <laughs> As she dances with a hog on her head and a bear on her feet and a woodcock in her mouth. <laughs> what, was, what was the
0: snowcock? was it? Sorry. Indeed, Kekul looked like a total idiot. The Witches laughed uncontrollably, snorting and cackling, and occasionally releasing foul-smelling farts as they watched her performance. One even rolled around in the dirt, doubled all over in her glee. They had taken her dignity for their own amusement. They had drawn impressively detailed sketches of the dancing Kekul, which they later sold to the Armenian press. Oh, paparazzi, The yeah. more things change, right?
1: That, no, that's just them releasing the sex tape.
0: Ah, of course, yeah. Okay. AMZ, well, well, the- Armenian <laughs> MZ, whatever
1: it's called. <laughs> the, uh, the, the sex etchings back then. Ah,
0: of course, of yeah. course. They then spread gossip throughout the nation, telling of her ridiculous dance. And so it was, so it began. Kekul returned to her village, but her family and friends shunned her. She had become a joke in society. She returned to the dark woods, where she remained isolated and alone with only her child for company. But the witches had not lied. Kekul was damned to loneliness, but her child and all her female descendants received what the witch clan of Shikagog had promised. Fame, fortune, and physical beauty, nothing more. Talent, wisdom, dignity, such things have been lost to the line of the Kardashian women, but they have always had a strange capacity for achieving Fame, fortune, and physical beauty. Nothing more, nothing more. And that is why the Kardashians are famous. So, found that on the internet. And uh, as we know, all things on the internet are true.
1: Absolutely. So that's why the Kardashian curse exists. Do you know the biggest takeaway that I had from all of that? Keckle just like all the other Kardashians, looked like a total idiot.
0: And starts with a K.
1: Yes, mm. that, that, that too. <laughs> Gee whiz, that is a saga, that is. My apologies to all voice actors out there, by the way.
0: No, I think you've done a very good job. You might put a few out of business. So I've just written Studio No here. So that must be the source where I got it from. I did these notes quite some time ago. Mm. So yeah, there you go. So it's got to be 10 out of 10. It's definitely 100% true. There couldn't possibly be bullshit at well, all.
1: It has to be true because the no part of Studio No starts with a K.
0: Oh, yes. It all makes sense. Mm. So Nathan,
1: how do we rate this k
0: Oh well, it's definitely it's 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 another eleven, I think. Yep. The proof's in the pudding. Look at all those players. Look how their lives changed. And well, now that we know that story exists, it's it's a hundred percent empirically proven. Yeah. So it's there's I mean, as we know, there's no bullshit, crazy stuff on the internet. No, absolutely. No not. one writes weird conspiracies that no one could possibly believe. It's
1: only source of truth out there.
0: Yeah, hundred percent true. So there you go. Julie, it's been a fun afternoon. Three episodes in the can. Final thoughts time.
1: Well, I'm borderline delirious <laughs> after that crazy, crazy story about Kekel Kardashian.
0: Yes, definitely true.
1: Definitely true. There's no no shadow of a doubt.
0: No ifs, ands, or buts.
1: Look, a lot of people clearly influenced by the Kardashians, but also worth noting, a very, very crazy curse of the GOAT that was... Uh, certainly a much more real one, and curses are definitely
0: a thing. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, we've talked about self-fulfilling prophecies, it's a really fascinating subject. We really look forward to doing more of this, won't we? We will. So until next time, I'm Nate. And I'm Kay Stewart. We are the Sportplex.